Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of a new passenger experience series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives of different types of users of the airport passenger terminal including business travelers, leisure travelers, airport executives, airport, airline, TSA, and concession staff, and airport consultant staff, to name a few. For more information on this series and the hosts, go back and give the first episode a listen to. Max and Neil are joined today in the hold room by Larry Studdiford, the ACC board chair. Listen to what Larry has to say about how baggage processing was impacted by the pandemic and what the future looks like for these systems. Hey, Larry, thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a couple of lines about what your role is in relation to the airport sector? Sure. I started my company, Center for Technical Solutions, about five and a half years ago, but I've been in business for about 27 years, primarily in baggage handling systems from design, construction, project management, the whole gamut of it. Yeah, I carry a lot of baggage. And you're also the chair of the ACC board. I am for another couple of months. It's certainly been an interesting year, not what any of us expected, but you know, we've certainly got a lot done, which is good. And I'm certainly looking forward to seeing everybody at the annual conference in Napa in October. So how has the pandemic affected you, either in your job with your own company or as an ACC board chair? It's been interesting, starting when the pandemic right after the Planning Design and Construction Symposium. That was the last flight I had. Personally, I contracted COVID not too long after that conference, so I was down for the count for about four and a half weeks, which was certainly tough running a business. Travel experience-wise, it was more or less non-existent for me after that conference. Uh, I went from, I'd say, about 101,000 miles (laughs) flying in 2019 to virtually nothing in 2020. But I'll tell you that the plus side was certainly spending much more time with my family and my two teenage daughters. Business-wise, we had two major projects shut down for eight or so months, but others continued, and we were actually able to grow, albeit not as quickly as we would have anticipated. As I mentioned before, as chair of ACC, certainly wasn't the year we expected. Between that and some of the social strife we saw throughout the country, we had a lot on our plates. The board met virtually about once a month, which was certainly more than is typical, reviewing budgets, trying to keep the lights on, but we were able to make a lot of significant progress on our strategic initiatives, human capital diversity for one, both from a social justice perspective and refining our stance on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as making progress looking toward the future and helping grow our much needed workforce. Our advocacy committee certainly made lots of strides in what we do with advocating for our industry, with government, and of course, keeping an eye on the future of airports and trying to drive that home. So it was a busy year, despite the slowdown in traffic. All from the comfort of your living room. And we're glad you've recovered as well. Thank you. Yeah, no kidding. You were kind of on the first wave of inductees. I don't know. What are you? you, Uh, I was an innovator, yes. Yeah. (laughs) How easy was the transition into remote work when dealing with airports? And it's such an expectation that like, well, you're going to come see us, right? It's got a very old school way of operating. 
as someone who's been around the industry for 25 years or so, how easy did you find it initially? For my company, we are virtual anyway. So for us, it was very, very easy to pivot to that mode because that's how we interact. I have about 10 employees and we're scattered around the country anyway. It was a little harder for our clients to become very savvy with virtual meetings, but it's come a long way. I think one of the hardest things for us as a small business, we rely on partnering with larger companies. It's very rare that we have a prime contract with an airport or an airline. So having those connections, the networking certainly was difficult to do and maintain those relationships. And of course, everybody's calendars quickly filled up to you know 60 virtual meetings where before people either saw each other or they picked up the phone. But our clients were very dynamic and had that ability to pivot which was really good. I think for most of them, we were all ready to meet with them more quickly than they were ready or what their protocols allowed. I still have a couple of clients that have policies in place at their offices that don't necessarily allow visitors or try not to promote it too much. So that was tough. Yeah, so as you've been starting to travel again and starting to navigate the passenger terminal again, have there been any changes that you've seen in the airport that you're excited about? Yeah, you know, as much as I'm a people person and enjoy human contact, I've actually really loved the increased touchless part of the journey. It's really made that process more streamlined. And I think that was accelerated because of this. I think the TSA and the airlines pivoted very, very effectively to keep their people as safe as practical. And I think innovation, a number of airports have put together teams of people to look at how the passenger experience can be improved, not only from a touchless perspective, but a cleaning process. DFW, for example, has an entire team dedicated to this, and they're implementing a number of improvements, such as more widespread deployment of self-service bag drops. So I think the innovation accelerated. I wouldn't say it was an excuse to do it. I just think there was more of an encouragement to increase that, to really get the passenger confidence back. And remember, like, hey, flying is fun, and it should be. Your area of expertise is baggage. How do you see it impacting your position inside the ecosystem? Early on, there were a number of vendors looking at various cleansing mechanisms for bags, but focus on that has dwindled a bit as the science has come out and about the touching of the bags. So that's dwindled a little bit. It really hasn't had that much of an impact on baggage handling systems per se, other than, like I mentioned, the self-service bag drops and trying to make that process a little more efficient and clean. Are you being asked for any kind of systems where we wanted to do ultraviolet scanning of bags to try and clean them as they're running through our handling systems or anything like that? No. In fact, early on, we pinged a lot of our clients because there was technology out there and some of the manufacturers were promoting it. And when I mentioned one airport earlier, they had an innovation team that looked at that and they made the decision and came to the conclusion that it really wasn't necessary. So I am not aware of a single airport in the country. So it really hasn't been an issue and has not been promoted at all. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the considerations that I think a lot of airports have to go through now. How much of the decision making and spending on innovation is to give the perception that things are getting cleaned, inspire passenger confidence, as opposed to actually having a tangible effect on the science side of it, right? And I think if the passenger levels did not return as quickly as they did, you might have seen the implementation happen because exactly what you said, that perception or that view. I mean, if you had your bags coming out on the claim device, going through a tunnel that had a blinking light that said sanitizing, it certainly would have raised the confidence of the traveling public. But the travel came back so fast that it wasn't even required. 
So, Larry, a lot of the members of ACC and a lot of the people who are probably going to be listening to this podcast are planners, designers, engineers, people who work directly with the passenger terminal. What do you think the best way for us to approach terminal facility design is to accommodate these fluxes in how people are carrying bags through the system in response to perhaps choices that airlines are making or global health circumstances? I would say to a planner, and I've always said this for the last 25 years, you know, airport has two purposes, move passengers and move their bags. And if you can't do them efficiently, you've failed. So when you're designing a system, make sure you design it around those pathways and don't try to cram the pathways into an already preconceived notion of a building or a structure. So establish the rights of ways. Make sure you've got enough room for growth, for maintenance of the system and room to get in there. One of the biggest problems with baggage handling systems throughout the years has been if you don't design it where you can maintain a specific portion of it or you make it difficult, it's not going to be maintained and it's going to break down. That's where you have those failures in the system. Looking at growth, and of course, growth is always a crystal ball, right? When we look at the terminal area forecast and what's happened to that over the last year, making sure you don't pigeonhole yourself into it and look at what the use is going to be. There are going to be times when you go from a single carrier, very heavy operation to more of a common use and making sure that it is flexible. Flexibility is key, but of course, you've got to control the cost. And and finally, when you talk about cost, looking at the total cost of ownership, you've got the capital cost, sure. But if you don't tie that to how you're going to operate the system and what that cost is going to be down the road, you're going to find yourself in trouble. And it's going to be harder to recover at the end of the day. So there are some airports that do much better than others. And a lot of it does depend on how the airport is managed. Is it airline money? Is it a airport authority? Is it state run? That has major play on how systems are developed. And look at the entire journey, not just the outbound. Look at the inbound process, too, and what you can do from the passenger experience. If you could make one suggestion for improving the passenger experience, what would it be? I think one of the biggest neglected parts of the journey has been that inbound passenger. You spend a lot of time in the ticket counter and the ticket area and the ticket hall. And then you come, you land in this airport. It could be late at night. And it's just this, some cases, dingy area with equipment that's been installed forever. And you're waiting for a half hour for your bag. So I think looking at how passengers are crammed up against a claim device, jockeying for position, waiting a long time for bags, this certainly plays into the social distancing and the pandemic response. I think if we can move toward a more streamlined process, such as on-demand or automated retrieval in some ways, technology is out there, albeit it can be a little pricey and it's hard to implement in an existing facility. But looking at options with new buildings or greenfield sites, what we can do for that piece. It also ties into what IOT is trying to do with Resolution 753 and positive bag identification, bag tracking at every handoff of the journey and how we can provide that information to the passengers. Can you provide them an indication that when they get off the plane, hey, your bag's not going to be at the claim device for another 10 minutes. Why don't you go grab that cup of coffee? Don't race down the escalator only to stand there for 10 minutes. Or, hey, your bag just arrived on the claim device. Go get it. Or it's at this kiosk. You can go pick it up. I think more information that you can provide, the better. One of the pain points or panic points for passengers are when they go sit down on a plane, I wonder if my bag's on the plane and it's going to be there when I arrive. Well, you can get that information now. Now, it's a double-edged sword if you don't do it well. <laughs> and if you have systems that don't sort well or, or if you arrive at the airport very late and they tell you your bag might not make it on the plane, we're just letting you know. 
there are ways to do it. And I think there's a lot of innovation out there. A lot of manufacturers are looking at ways to do that. And there are, there are possibilities to be implemented. So I'd say focus on the inbound passenger. Not that's the only place to focus, but it's been neglected for a long, long time. Yeah, it sounds like that resolution is more or less designed to alleviate passenger anxiety about, is my bag on the plane, like you said, or is my bag going to come off the claim sometime soon? Or is somebody going to grab my bag that looks like somebody else's? Well, and it also, it's more information for future implementations. Like if you're going to use blockchain and you're going to use the Internet of Things to provide more information from point of origin to point of destination so that you know exactly where the bags are and they can find it. So when you get there and your bag is not on the claim device and you have to trudge over to the bag service office and find out where their bag is, well, if they have the information, they can determine where was the last point that it was seen so they can focus the search. That's going to go a long way, I think, in the future. What do you think passengers care the most about when it comes to how airports handle their bags? That it gets there. (laughs) That it gets there on time. Airlines look at those missed bag rates. That's one of the metrics that they use to make sure that those bags make it because it doesn't matter what airport you're at, who's going to get the blame. It's going to be the airlines. They're going to be the first people to get the blame of, hey, my bag didn't show up. I think for passengers to know that the airports and the airlines work together and they work together really well to make sure that your bag does get there on time on the same plane that you're on, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I guess that's, you know, your baggage arriving is the final gesture of the airline. And I can see why that would be a key performance indicator of how well the airline is doing. Because if I checked in for a flight and they upgraded me, the crew take care of me, and I'm like, wow, this was an amazing experience. It's all for naught if I get there and it's like, where's my bag? I would rather be treated like a piece of cattle and get (laughs) my bag there than the opposite scenario. You'll forget about all the perks. If yeah, you get yeah. there and, and you're running to a business meeting and or you have to get to the hotel and change and you don't have your clothes or you don't have that item that you had to check in your check baggage. Yeah, it's the last impression of the airline, essentially. If something goes wrong, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Especially if you've got to get back on one of their planes a day later. So what things are kind of coming down the pipeline from your perspective that planners should be interested in? So one of the innovations, and I don't know if I would call it so much an innovation as much as a resurgence, is something called individual carrier systems. So you're probably very familiar with conventional conveyor systems, right? Individual carrier systems or ICS, they've been around for a long time, but they have not really seen implementation here in the States. Basically what it is, it's where every bag is assigned a tote, and the tote, which has an RFID chip embedded, is married to that bag. So you know exactly where that bag is everywhere throughout the journey. And that's what carries the bag from departure to the output. The first one that went live way back when was in Denver in 1995, which was a destination coded vehicle. That didn't go so well. There were issues. It's been a long time. San Francisco now has one up and running. Orlando is incorporating one. JFK T1 is planning a, a hybrid system. And there are others that are planning hybrid systems as well. It's not meant for every airport. There's certainly size restrictions to it, and it, it's definitely more geared toward like greenfield sites or brownfield sites. But I think you're going to see more of that. Definitely something to be on the lookout. And it also certainly helps with what we were talking about before, that information and the data, because now you've got that radio frequency identification of the bag throughout the journey. You know exactly where it is at all times. It's great. And there's a lot of folks looking at the opportunity for remote bag drop-off or remote bag retrieval where you don't even have to claim it. Somebody else is doing it. We've got those services out there. 
So there are other opportunities, but all the pieces of the puzzle have to come together to make it work. As long as the collaboration is there between the third parties, the airlines, the airports, it makes for a streamlined process. And I think that's what makes it fun. It's one of the things that makes travel fun. One thing that we've been seeing during the pandemic is a few airlines have been advertising the concept of early check-in of their bags, where families can come by a couple days in advance even and drop their bags off for a trip that they're going to take in the future. What are some of the logistical challenges for establishing that practice? And is there a precedent for doing that other than prior to the pandemic? Absolutely. So a lot of large airports have early bag storage systems. So a lot of those where it's a destination airport or you have the ability that the airport's close to downtown where you can go early, drop your bag off, check it in. It goes through its process and you can go back to town and do whatever you want before you have to check your bag. So a lot of airports have early bag storage systems. And it's a combination of two things. It's either a holding area for your bag, lane based. It could be based on air aircraft, airline departure. Some of them are rack storage systems where your bag is sitting there and they release it when it needs to. It's also a great opportunity for the airport where they have very steep peaks and they can de-peak that and lessen the flow through the system, level it off, even it out a little bit. It gives them an opportunity. So if they advertise that, that could be one of the reasons why as well. But it's a great opportunity. They still have to screen the bag you know, at the same time and it just goes to an area. A lot of existing airports or older terminals don't really have that luxury because they don't have the space to do that. For example, if you have a sort destination where out in the bag room underneath the terminal, you've got all these makeup devices where they stage bags. You don't have the luxury of staging every flight all day. You have to circulate and you have to rotate through. So a lot of times you'll fill up carts with bags and go stage it somewhere. Well, you don't always have places to stage those full carts before they get pulled to the plane. So it really depends on the system in the airport. What does a positive passenger experience mean to you? Like we were talking about, I think the ultimate test is, did your bag get there? But really from a passenger experience, it means getting myself and my bag from point A to point B efficiently and safely and without hassle and just comfortably and relaxed. And you can predict it. So I think predictability of the journey is very important too, of the time. The more predictability you can implement into the process, the better the system's going to be and the more relaxed the passenger's going to be. Very good. I like that answer. Thanks very much for joining us in the hold room today, Larry. Happy to be here. Great to join you all. Thanks for joining us in the hold room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again.